Welcome back, everyone, to Late Night Talk with Aiden Garrett. I'm your host, always Aiden Garrett, and it has been a while. Um, I was offered a small production role on the set of uh, not just Fear of the Walking Dead, but also uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, you know, the show on uh, HBO starting to get catch some steam. I was on a production assistant job, which required me to basically step away from the podcast. It was a, it was a hard decision because... I've been growing this audience, been growing the fan base for a bit. Um, I decided to take a risk, try to make more of a of a lateral move. But uh, thankfully, it's now off season. Shooting is wrapped up, so I get to resume my passion, which was always been here, just to be a helpful fellow American citizen, to be quite honest. <laughs> and uh, to just to recap, a whole lot has happened since my last episode. Like a whole. <laughs> A whole lot. A bunch of new stuff about January 6th that's recently come out. Tucker Carlson and all the big Fox News networks have basically uh, like shut down or we're in we're in cahoots with Mark Meadows um, showing there was a clear cut bias now in the political and the news system. Uh, but I'm going to talk about a couple of things, only two things, because in my opinion, there's something that aren't really getting a lot of attention, but at the same time, uh, it's also good to draw something back to what's happened to me and also the younger, the younger generation of new political people that are starting to take foothold. The 19, 20 year olds, the 22s, 24 year olds, you know, the, the younger generation starting to become louder and louder. But the first thing to start off by saying that Fox News has lost a lot of credibility. And I know what you're, you're probably going to think that it's already lost a lot of credibility. It's become more, well, now it's lost an extreme amount of credibility. Because Chris Wallace, who's been a, been with Fox since, pretty much since I've been alive. Like 18, 19, 20 years, basically. So as long as I've been on this earth, he's been at Fox News. And he's probably been a journalist for twice as long. And I'll admit this, I don't like, I don't like Fox News, I don't like care, but I love Chris Wallace as a journalist. And people will tell me, who are Democratic friends of mine, say, you can't trust Fox News hosts. They say, well, you can trust Chris Wallace. Because he treats, when I, when I see him interview Republicans and Democrats, there is an equal treatment. He's not throwing up softballs to every single person. He'll ask the difficult questions to Republicans as well as Democrats to Trump as well as Biden. And a lot of people are giving him crap about the <laughs> incredible presidential debate that went so, so bad. But to be quite honest, uh, it really, in my opinion, like what can you do when two headstrong old 70 year old men with dementia are arguing? Like you can't stop that. Like I, I give him no, I mean, there's a little bit of like, you know, you should just cut off all the mics and said, I'm in charge, but they're high political people. You're just a journalist. So it's difficult to make that decision. <laughs> but in my opinion, I want to say this to Chris Wallace, if he is listening or if he ever listens to this podcast, you did an incredible job throughout your whole time at Fox. And it was a shame that they basically used you as like a martyr. They said, we have this guy who's legitimate. That means we can say whatever we want because no one can call us a propaganda outlet as long as we have Chris Wallace, who has an integrity, who has a very high standing 
like position and also like just pedigree within the journalistic community. Like when you have a guy like that, it doesn't matter what you say, because then it's automatically counted that you're not a propaganda outlet because you have credibility in the former Chris Wallace. Since he's left, I think he's, uh, there's rumors that he has joined CNN plus. Um, I wish him the best of luck. I really do. I really hope that, uh, he takes some time off from politics, gets to live life a little bit. He's done, he's an incredible job in my opinion for the last 10 years. So I feel like he's earned, he's earned a break. <laughs> we all, we all deserve a break every now and then. And Chris Wallace, believe me, after that presidential debate, he really deserves it. But uh, to me, Fox News is now, has now gone the way of Newsmax and OAN. They are becoming radicalized. They're saying, we don't need, we live in such a, <laughs> as the joke runs said, we live in a society. We live in a society. Yes, we do. We live in a society that is just, has no tolerance for cooperation at, the, at this point, which is, I find extremely ridiculous, extremely dangerous. Um, and it could jeopardize the future of our, of our youth and our country if we keep maintain this uh, type of just emotion. And, you know, it's, it's scary to think that when major news, ho like organizations, major news outlets are now saying, forget credibility, forget having credible, good working journalists. We just need people to say what we want to do. Whoever like, and, and, and that, and that's the, that's the problem now news outlets that can radicalize bases are now just saying we don't care about credibility we just need to get them whipped up into a frenzy when you get them angry about something whether it's the border crisis like there's people in iowa who are complaining about the border chill out <laughs> you're in the middle of nowhere i don't even if you told me where where's iowa on the map i could probably figure it out but what, I, I wouldn't want to because it's iowa there are places like Idaho and, and other places are saying the border crisis is so bad. No, you, then you need to calm down. You're worried about Minnesota invading. You're worried about Illinois trying to creep in, in your, on your jobs. And as far as I'm concerned, any state that's on the border has the right to say the border crisis. If I ever meet someone in Wisconsin that says the border crisis, I'm like, oh, is it Canada? Is it Canadians coming in to take our jobs? What's going on? Well, we've got to build a wall in Canada now. And that's what I'm... I'm starting to lean toward is now this is starting to pop up. Like when Fox news and major and major networks are now just trying to basically say, we don't need hardworking journalists. We just need people who can read the script. There's a old Don Henley song called dirty laundry. If you haven't, uh, if any, if, if anyone who's listening, hasn't listened to it, I encourage, I implore you go listen to it. It is a great, uh, it's a great, great song. I love the music, but the lyrics entail that there is a very dark nature and cynical nature in the news outlets and how it's a lot of Fugazi. If you don't know who Fugazi is, go look at Donnie Brasco, the movie. They'll kind of get you to it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just want to say, Congratulations to Chris Wallace for leaving the, the empire. 
the evil empire of the news networks. And I hope he has greener pastures ahead. Uh, and I also want to thank him for while he was at Fox News, he actually did bring credibility and ask the hard questions to Republicans. So I, I have to give him credit. He did an impeccable job with some interviews I, I've watched, made some senators, some congressmen, some judges, even just like other news anchors look just totally incompetent and expose them. So I got to give him credit. Sorry, I got to give him credit where credit is due. Um, and I wish nothing of the best. On to our second topic of discussion, which is tied in, is actually about the Democrats and their plan. And people, because I had a friend of mine say, you don't bash Democrats, you don't bash Biden. Because that was the main issue when I was 18, I had the ability to vote, it was Biden or Trump. And I'll be honest, I hated both of them. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to vote. I wish I didn't feel the urge to go to a polling station, but I voted for Biden because uh, in my opinion, we were heading in a direction with Trump that probably would have led to extreme prone violence. Like I felt like it would get whatever situation we have with Biden, I pictured 15 times worse. And it looks like we were going to head that way with Trump. So the, uh, and the one reason I also voted for Biden is because he also was leading the advocacy of the student loan, you know, just he was he was trying to basically extend the student loan payment pause beyond January 31st. And, you know, there was there's obviously there. There's obviously something Trump never talked about helping out students. Yeah, like when I when I listen to him talk, when I listen to his policies, nothing about students ever came up. But Biden started mentioning students. And that's when I was like, OK, I'm on his side. Because this, he's actually including me. He's including my demographic. He's including the future in his speeches. Um, and unfortunately, they can't do it. Uh, according to an article, it says that 89% uh, of, of student loan borrowers are feeling financially unprepared to restart student loan payments. Um, and they also they would also argue that like nine million student loan borrowers, not like picture that nine million people in this country have owned student loans. I am probably gonna have to go into student loans. And we will definitely suffer financial derailment. It's it it's it's terrible. And there's five ways, and there's there's five different ways Biden could cancel more and more student loans. There's ways that he can do it. Um and many senators, to their credit, there are some senators that are trying to pressure Biden to postpone the return of the student loan payments for at least several more months, at least till COVID-19 has completely, either completely died down or it's near the end of completion. Unfortunately, though, despite these pleas, uh, student loan relief doesn't seem... The Biden administration is apparently not going to do it. I mean, and it's, it, it's, and, and that, that to me is troubling. Because when you make a promise and not even two years on the job, you're already backing down from it. You have five ways to fix it. Instead, you're postponing it. And then when you say we could push it further, we're not, we're going to let it drop at the end, at the end of January of the next year. Now, I need you guys to think about 9 million plus people 
think about just the, the number, 9 million. You might not think that's a lot, but try to imagine 9 million like thumbtacks or 9 million like just matches. It's a lot. That's a whole lot of, that's, that's a whole lot. Imagine all of those are in extreme debt right now. You couple the fact with COVID, extreme, you know, job problems, health problems, healthcare, rent has gone up incredibly in, in major cities. It's scary. And the fact that you have the ability to do something. For me, for me as someone who's young, and obviously people are going to say, you're going to face the cap, you know, you're obviously going to go over, uh, basically the, the, what is it? The surplus, the budget. Yeah. To me, it's it's troubling. It's troubling for Biden. And if I'm Biden right now, you need to figure out a way to tap younger voters because the thing that I'm starting to notice about Republicans is they're not, they're going to stop focusing on issues that aren't important. They're going to start to, they're now focusing on what is he not delivering? to certain groups. This is going to be one where I guarantee you February, if he hasn't pushed it back, Fox News is going to let out Biden's denying student loan payments. New OAN, Newsmax, they're coming out saying Biden is, is stranding out students. And students and people in those debt prices are going to listen. They're going to be angry. And then the midterms, this is, in my opinion, how if I'm Biden, you need to extend this. You need to do extend it for like a year or you need to cancel some of it. You need to cancel a certain amount because otherwise, if I'm a Republican, if I'm a Republic, if I'm the if I'm the RNC, we're running with this. This is how you damage the young voter base that's starting to turn out for more elections. They're starting to become more interested because they see that there is definite danger that's going to impact them. And they see one candidate who's not doing anything for them. And if I'm just saying, we'll try to do something, they're going to go with the latter because there is evidence to that statement, even though, yes, it's probably ill-intended, ill-intended, but it's dangerous. So to all my listeners out there, if you do, if you, if you are aware of someone who has taken loans or if you yourself are on loans, this is a time where I understand what you're going through. I'm, I'm terribly sorry that this pressure, this weight you have to experience. And I hope, I hope that, uh, you have a less stressful life into the new year. I really do hope that everything goes well for all my listeners and those who aren't listening. Republican or Democrat, Republican or Democrat alike. Like this is something that is just terrible that pretty much kills student uh graduate graduating students as soon as they get out of college this is the thing i'm afraid of i'll be honest this is what i'm afraid of as a student as someone who's going through college and is aware that i'm gonna have to take loans toward the end of my degree plan it's scary to think about going into debt and then the first three years maybe five six seven eight ten years just have to pay, pay, pay it off slowly and surely. That's why I was running for Bernie, who said free college, 
free for public schools. And that's when I was like, finally, someone who understands the way the world is, is now turning to free college. There's incredible advances in healthcare. As America, we need to, we need to stop looking at the past. I mean, the past is, there's some great parts of the past. I'm not going to lie. ACDC in their prime. Great. Led Zeppelin. Great. There's music. The 2006 uh, New Orleans Saints. Great. The 2006 uh, Texas Longhorns. Great. Like there's some great moments in the past, me included. But I look upon them like, I wish I can go back. I wish I can witness the past. But if we keep focusing on the past and trying to make it the present like the past, we're setting ourselves up for defeat. We're, we're setting ourselves up for just falling behind. And we have fallen behind as a country. And we, as a younger generation, and the generation currently, and also the current generations, need to understand there's more to life than just what's happening now. And if we keep stifling, and if we actually, if we're trying to undermine the future, then we're just letting every other country have a leg up on the competition. We're setting ourselves up 400 meters back in a track race and everyone else gets a two second head start on top of us being 400 yards behind everyone else at the startup. Now, if you guys don't know that reference, please go to a track field or a track meet and you'll understand the reference. <laughs> but to my listeners, I just want to say this. I understand that voting for Biden right now is a difficult situation. And I understand I'm contemplating even turning up for an election poll, but 2024, in my opinion, is the scariest year of anyone ever. So I need the younger generation to stand up, make their voices heard, stand up against stuff that you don't appreciate, stand up against stuff that you feel like is wrong or even criminal to that matter, and stand up for those who you feel like are being mistreated in any form of way, where it's policies or marginalization, discrimination, find ways to make that relevant. Not just relevant, bring it to the forefront. Stop, we need to stop having those stories and all that stuff in the back of our heads, in the back of Instagram, in the back of everything else. It has to be at the forefront because unless we tackle those issues head on, if we acknowledge those head on, then we're just burying our heads in the sand like a bunch of emus. And we're humans. We're not emus, believe it or not. But anyway, I'm going to try to, now that I'm back officially, I'm going to start to upload a lot more often, maybe like every other day. Uh, probably Saturday is when I'll be uploading next. But uh, thank you guys for always listening. Um, and I hope to see you guys soon. I really hope to potentially meet some of you guys in real life, but I also hope that you guys take care and have a wonderful Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. I hope you guys all stay safe over this winter. Goodbye. Thank you for joining Late Night.